0: Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit HelloFreedomChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Man, isn't it great to worship the Lord this morning. Love it. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here, and just want to welcome everybody, whether it's your first time or you've been coming here for many years, just welcome. And if you're tuning in online, or uh, at Crookston, uh, just welcome to you guys as well. God is good, and this is the day that the Lord has made. And He's got something for you today. man. He's got something for you today, which I'm excited to, to see. Uh, so last week, Pastor Nathan kicked off a new sermon series that we've been going through called The uh, Heart of Heaven. And Pastor Nathan and Mary actually both tag team that, so that was great. If you missed that message, I really encourage you to go back and to watch that, and so they just talked about God's heart just for all peoples, all nations, every tribe and language and tongue, just to know Jesus Christ and to be in vibrant relationship with him. And if you were here, they had a part of the service where we were, I guess, invited to to see what country God would lay on our hearts to pray for and to really minister through prayer in. And so do we have that slide that has the—so There's there are the countries represented— by freedom church in in blue there that's a good good part of the world that freedom church can help influence for the gospel of Jesus Christ through prayer man that's a that's a lot of area a lot of people a lot of souls a lot of missionaries on the ground a lot of warfare spiritual warfare that freedom church is a part of praying the victory of Christ through. So I think that's encouraging. Uh, Just encourage you again just to keep praying for that country. There are some maps on the table in the back. And if you know missionaries, you know, there's missionaries on our website that uh, are serving in some of these countries. I think it'd be great to look on our website, find those missionaries, maybe connect with them, say, man, God laid that country on my heart or other missionaries, you know, or ministry agencies or whatever. Just say, man, I'm really praying for you guys. I think that'd be great. And so the heart of heaven, the heart of heaven is what? We could say that to change people's lives in the love and truth of Jesus Christ. The heart of heaven, the heart of the Father is to see people's lives changed by the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. And so my question to you this morning is, do you have a satisfying role in that? Do you feel like God is inviting you personally into a satisfying role in that? And when I mean satisfying, I mean like exciting, something that actually inspires you. Like, do you have a purposeful role in the heart of heaven, in changing, changing people's lives in the truth and the love of Jesus Christ? I think that's a worthwhile question to ask. Do you feel inspired by the call? Do you feel like you personally have a satisfying role? Or are you just kind of the water boy? Which isn't that bad if you like being a water boy. (laughs) But are you like in the game? And do you feel like being in the game is even fun, worthwhile, exhilarating, exciting, satisfying? And so that's my question this morning. Do we, do I, because if I don't feel something is exciting, it flies off my radar pretty quick. I don't know if that's my personality or whatever, but if I don't feel like something is really grabbing me, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to grind it out year after year. I'm just going to drop it, to be honest. I'm not just, just going to keep grinding and grinding. I'm going to say, is this something that I can find satisfaction in or not? And if I can't, if I don't think I can, I'm dropping it. And so my hope and prayer this morning is that God would give you a vision, a satisfying vision of the upward call of Christ for your life. That you could say, man, I could actually devote my life to the call of Christ and be satisfied. Maybe even fun. Because the worst four-letter word in the Christian life, I think, is it's boring. It's like, man, if, if Jesus is boring, something's wrong in my heart. I'm not seeing something right. I'm not doing something right. Because if it's boring, man, what are we here for? I'm not here for boring. I have boring out there. <laughs> I don't come here for boring. And so that's my prayer is that God would give you a vision. He'd give you a real vision. That you can actually sink your teeth into something that you're a part of what he's doing to change lives through Jesus Christ. And so let's, if you have access to the word of God this morning, let's turn to the gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Now I'm going to try to compel you by arguing that the same call that was on Jesus' life to change lives is the same call on your life. The same call on Jesus' life to change lives when he was on earth is the same call on your life, which means if you see anything exciting or worthwhile or compelling or satisfying in what Jesus did in the four, first four books New Testament, then there's something for you. And so we're in John chapter 17 because that's a pretty bold statement. I, mean, I can't just like put that out there and be like, okay, let's pray <laughs> So John 17, this is a, a whole chapter of Jesus' prayer. So you ever wonder, what did Jesus pray about? Go to John 17, and it's a whole chapter of him praying to the Father. And he prays about some awesome stuff. And so we're going to jump in halfway through his prayer. This is him praying to the Father. John 17, starting in verse 18. It says, as, as you sent me into the world. So why did God send Jesus into the world? We'll get to that. So as you, Father, sent me, Jesus, into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Sometimes verses are pretty short, but they pack a big punch. So hold on, hold on. Jesus said, as you, Father, sent me into the world, as, meaning in the same way, So I have sent them into the world. That the same commission that you laid on me, Father, into the world, I now send my disciples into the world with. As you have sent me into the world, as you have sent me for Grand Forks, as you sent me for the sake of Crookston, As you sent me for East Grand Forks and Warren and the surrounding areas and wherever you're watching, as you sent me into the world, so I am sending them. I could just repeat that because sometimes it's like, what? Wait a minute. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Verse 19. And for their sake... I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. So you might pause and say, wait a minute, okay. He's speaking to his disciples, his apostles. Okay, hold on, y'all. You you almost have me there for a second, Pastor Jared. But he's speaking to his, like, 12 or the 11, because one of them kind of a jump ship. You know, obviously, you know, the book of Acts is about them. They, okay, you you almost had me there. Uh, It's for them. You know, he's speaking, he's praying about the, the closest disciples. You know, they would go and heal the sick and, and, and bring revival and cast out demons. You know, they brought change. Okay, let's check out the next verse. Verse 20. Jesus said, I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you. So insert name here. Father, as you sent me into the world, I send Jared Clawson into the world with the same power, the same commission, the same potency to change lives. I believe that because of verses like this. Now insert your name. As you sent me into the world, I send into the world. The same calling, the same commission. You know, Jesus Christ came to draw all people and change their life through him. And before I start thinking, well, okay, do you want me to die on the cross for the whole world? No. Jesus Christ came to change people's lives in his name. He drew people to him. That's the same thing we're doing, drawing people to him to see the same life change. To see the same power, the same revival, the same potency of ministry. So just a, a quick, like concise, okay, what was Jesus sent into the world? Like, Is there like a summary statement, like a vision statement that Jesus had on like his card, like his business card? Like, hi, I'm Jesus. This is my purpose. I think the closest thing we have to that is in Luke chapter 4. So if you want to turn back to Luke chapter 4. I see this as Jesus-like mission statement. Luke 4, verse 18 and 19. So Jesus is actually quoting an Old Testament prophet, Isaiah, and he's applying it like, hey, this is me. This This is what I've come to do. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me or set me apart, he's given me this special task, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, calling back John, as you sent me, so I send them. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Is anything in that stirring to you? Like, is anything about how Jesus actually accomplished that? Just like, you just reread those stories, or you just kind of linger on those paragraphs. Maybe it's when Jesus healed the sick. You just like, you just kind of go back to those verses. Or maybe Jesus ministered to the outcast, like the woman at the well. so Someone that was on the fringe of society, didn't know what he cared about. And you just kind of like, man, I love that. How Jesus actually went to her and encouraged her and sent her back into her village and to bring revival. Or maybe you're just stirred or compelled how Jesus ministered to like the needy and, and the poor and just those who just had didn't have the same kind of social status or resources or just how he preached. He just ministered. He just taught people the truth of God, and that just fired them up. I and mean, when you read the Gospels and what Jesus did, there are things that just come alive in you and say, "Man, that's it." Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, that's your call. If you feel drawn to certain things that Jesus did, the same sending commission that God gave Jesus is what Jesus is imparting to you. You know, when I was in high school playing basketball, I, uh, I, had, a, I had a role model, someone I looked up to, tried to copy their moves. And I mean, it was, it was Michael Jordan, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was him. It was it was the goat. It was MJ. <laughs> I had his shoes and stuff. Uh, but you know, the high school team that I played on wasn't very great. But we had a, a, a class, a couple classes ahead of me, that were really good. I mean, they won state football. They went to a, as deep into the playoffs and basketball that we've really ever been for a long time in school. And we had some good players a couple years ahead of me. You know, but I didn't study their moves. I mean, they were good, but they were like Webster good. Like, Webster good doesn't make it on YouTube. <laughs> and, but you know, there are also some college teams that I didn't know anything about, uh, but some players maybe that could have YouTube, but no, you know, if I'm going to watch anybody, it's MJ. You know, if I'm going to try to learn how to play the game, it's going to be from the best. And that's how I see Christianity. I mean, there's some helpful teachers and pastors, you know, around. There's some good church, and you can look around, there's people doing some good things that you could emulate. But at the end of the day, nothing inspires me like Jesus. I mean, nothing gets me out of bed in the morning and say, I'm gonna change this world because of what I saw my, you know, person next to me I know doing. And there's some cool stuff going on in the earth. I mean, there's some quote-unquote good players, there's some good churches, good pastors, teachers, or whatever. But I'm not gonna watch. I'm not going to YouTube their moves. If they learned anything, it's from the goat, Jesus. And so when I look to the word, I'm not looking in between the lines to like, okay, what about this person that I know that was living today? No, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to see what he did. I'm going to try to emulate how he spoke to people. I'm going to try to emulate the faith that he had. I'm going to try to emulate how he was countercultural in his thinking. I'm going to see what kind of faith he had. How he prayed for the sick, how he ministered to people. Because if Jesus says, God, as the way you sent me, I'm going to send them, then that's what I want. I want my life to have the same kind of impact that Jesus did. Is that too bold? Is that pretty out there? I don't know, but I think it's okay. <laughs> I think John 17 would give me that kind of passion. I want my life to impact this world in the same ways Jesus did. Obviously not by drawing them to me, but I'm doing the same thing Jesus did, drawing them to Jesus. Because he changes people's lives. So go back to John 17. As you sent me into the world, so have I sent them. Into the world. I'm not just talking about these, but everybody who's going to believe through their word. So, the consistent call there's a call on your life. There's a call on your life to change people's lives through the love and truth of Jesus Christ. There is a call on your life, a commissioning. It's obviously kind of a blanket statement over everybody, but as you came to the Lord, the Lord gave you a call. So, I'm calling you into what I'm doing here. And it's awesome. It's life-changing. It's revival-starting. It's breakthrough kind of ministry in your own life and in people's lives. Okay, so then the next question I have is, why, don't, why, doesn't, why, don't, why doesn't my life look like that? You know, why doesn't it look like that then? If I have the same call and the commission to do the same kind of ministry and work that Jesus had, where's the disconnect You know, what's going on here? It seems like I'm playing more like Webster basketball than Chicago Bulls championship season ball. I think Jesus actually gives a helpful teaching to us in those same verses we just read. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Verse 19, John 17, and... For their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. The word consecrate and the word sanctified are actually the same Greek word. I don't know all the ins and outs of why they translated it differently, but it's the same word. So Jesus is saying, they have the call. They have the commission. But what I'm doing in my call, Jesus is saying, is I'm consecrating myself. I'm setting myself apart for the call. A couple weeks ago, I gave a message on consecration. It means being set apart. Setting apart from the normal rhythms of life, just the common, ordinary things, and and having a time of your day where it's just a special time for the Lord. Like This isn't just the normal routine. This is different. This is special. This is where I commune with God, hear His truth, because his truth gives me a different worldview, gives me a different perspective. So Jesus is saying, I have a call, and I'm going to consecrate myself for the call. That means I'm going to separate myself from all of the other agendas, all of the other plans, all of the other worldviews, all of the other things, and I'm actually going to set myself apart in line with the call. And then Jesus says, I did this, that they also may be, you could say, consecrated in truth. And so over every one of your heads, there's a call. And it's a satisfying, purposeful, powerful call. God has done his part. God has done his part to commission you and to fill you with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the call. And so now what's our role? Our role is to say, okay, God, I hear you. And I sense that. I'm going to now consecrate myself. I'm going to actually start thinking that that's my life. I'm going to start removing the secular, worldly things from my mind or callings or agendas, and I'm actually going to contemplate. I'm actually going to see myself as someone that can bring life change. I'm going to remove myself from how my friends see me, maybe how my family sees me. You know, I'm, I'm not the youngest, but like, I'm just the youngest of the family. And, you know, nobody thinks anything of me. You know, I'm not changing anyone's opinion at home. But you know, removing yourself from the identity that the world gives you, from your family, or friends gave you, say, no, I am set apart, and I'm going to set myself apart in the same way that my calling is set apart. It's unique. It's special. It's not something the world would reinforce or give me. And brothers and sisters, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part, is waking up and nothing in the world is telling you that you have a call of God in your life. say, no, I'm going to separate my mind to the call that God has in my life. I'm going to see myself in my friend groups. I'm going to see myself in my family. I'm going to see myself in people as someone who could bring life change to them. I'm going to see myself commissioned by God to bring something to people. When I'm at the grocery store, when I'm doing whatever, when I'm at work, when I'm at school, I'm the kind of person that could change somebody else's life through Jesus. Do you think you are? Are you the kind of person that could bring life change to someone through Jesus? That's a tough question. Are you the kind of person... That could bring life change to someone through Jesus. How you answer that question reveals how you've consecrated yourself to the call. If you say, no, I, you know, lowly me, I'm just being humble, you know, I, I'm not anything, then you haven't consecrated yourself. You're just looking at yourself the way the world does or our fleshly minds do. But if you say, no, I'm called, I have the Spirit of God in the same commission, that makes me the kind of person that could change someone's life through Jesus Christ. That means there are things I could say, there are things I could do, there are prayers I could pray that would bring life change to people. And that's actually not an arrogant statement. Nothing's arrogant if you abide by what says in the word. But if you say, I know it says that, but I'm just not that kind of person. You're telling God, I, know I hear you, but I disagree with you. That's a pretty tough place to be. Are you the kind of person in your relationship with Jesus that could bring life change to somebody? Yes. You are the kind of person in your relationship with Jesus, that could bring life change to somebody. Real life change. Like they never go back. Yes, you are. In your relationship with Jesus, you are. Something that speaks to that same thought is Ephesians 4, verse 1. Paul, the author, is writing to the church, says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So I urge you, walk, think, expect differently. There is a calling on your life. The hard part is not getting God to want to do something awesome in your life. That used to be my prayer. God, please use me for something awesome. You know, God, use me to bring salvations and revivals. God, use me. Make, make this message awesome. You know, just give me something so good. Like my prayers were to get God to want to do something cool in my life. That's not the hard part. The hard part is God getting me to change my thinking, to actually believe what he already wants to do in my life, and he says, walk in a manner that's worthy, that aligns with the calling that's already on your life. To consecrate yourself, to set yourself apart. Say, so, you know, when I enter situations, I actually carry powerful words. I actually carry a perspective that could totally change people's lives. I actually bring a, a truth or a, a verse or a thought that could totally set people free. You carry that. And I think God wants to to use you. You know, the more in my life when I give myself over to these kind of thoughts, like, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to assume that today you have an open door opportunity for me. I'm just going to assume that. I'm not going to pray for it. I'm not going to ask and beg God that he opens up an opportunity for me because that's praying that God would give me a call. That's praying that God would give me a commission. And I think he's already done that. I say, God, you know what? I'm going to assume that today there's an opportunity for me to extend the love and truth of Jesus. So you know what? Instead of asking you to give me an opportunity, I'm going to separate my mindset. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to be vigilant. I'm going to look for it. And the more I look for things, the more I see which means the more I consecrate myself and set myself apart, I'm going to the grocery store to get bananas, but that's not why I'm going to the grocery store. You know, I'm, I'm going to work, I'm doing these things, I'm snow blowing my driveway because there's snow on the ground. To maybe, maybe there's an opportunity. And when I think through that, it's like, hey, my neighbor hasn't blown his driveway yet. I could do his. You know, someone at the grocery store in front of me who's fiddling with. The wallet doesn't quite have enough. Like, hey, that's why I'm here. I got you. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How you consecrate your mind and your identity means more for you fulfilling the call than even getting God to put a call on your life. I'm gonna go back to basketball. That's just where I go. We, uh, in high school, we there's two different kind of offenses that we ran. A uh, bring the ball down the court and just do whatever you need to do to get in in the hoop. (laughs) Didn't always work out. Or we set up something called like a motion offense, which means that you came down and everyone had their spot. And then once the first pass was made, it's like clockwork. This person screened this person and then they went to a certain spot and then they passed this person. It was like consistently. So we could run it in practice like clockwork. There's always a next spot, a specific spot to go to, to like fit into the cog and the goal of that was to get everybody moving and to try to find a weakness in the defense and, and attack it. But what we would do is we'd just keep running it. Just keep running it. And the coach was, you know, timeout. Come here, guys. Like, what are you doing? You know, we're running the play, coach. We're, <laughs> we're moving that ball around. Isn't it awesome? He's like, okay. He's like, okay, hold on. The point of the motion is to actually, like, see a, a place to attack. Or to, to get to an open place and actually shoot the ball. Like, the point isn't just to run the motion. The point is to take the open look and shoot the ball. And honestly, I kind of felt embarrassed or intimidated to shoot it because I could keep going in the system and maybe get a better look or something else. But unless you have a mind to, I'm going to use this to shoot or to attack, it's actually not producing what it needs to produce. And often we do the same thing. We have our our routine of life, going through the motions. You know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm I'm coming to church. But all those are so that we can actually see the opportunities to minister, to take the open look. And my coach got more frustrated with us when we would just do that thing than if we took the open look and missed. Because we're not utilizing the whole point of the offense. And so... My encouragement this morning is use all of these systems. Use all of these things in your life. Reading the Bible, praying, going to church. And, but you, let them give you a different mindset. And to see the ministry opportunities right before you. To take the open look. I think so often we want God to give us such permission to serve him. Like, we can't do anything, speak to anybody, Lord, unless you gave me a dream last night. That I'm going to do it. So we think we need such you know, permission by God to serve him. I just think he's just like, man, just go for it. Just go for it. Start ministries. Start connect groups. Start Bible studies. Just go for it. You know, As you do that, you'll get better at it. But that's part of him infusing his ministry and his life into you. So that's kind of been the different story of my life. I'm going to close with some of these examples. You know, there was a... I, went to, I was on a, like an Amtrak train. Going, I don't remember where I was coming from or going to, to be honest. Uh, but I was in like the food cart and just going to get some food on the train around strangers that I didn't know. And, and I'm not saying this is like gospel truth. You have to do this all the time. But I was in a mindset of I pray before my meal and I noticed nobody else was praying before their meal. I was like, okay, this is kind of awkward. I'm just going to go for it. Just do this. And then went to eat. And that's, like I said, you don't have to do that. That's not, you know, gospel truth. You have to do that. But after we got done, I went back to my seat and then one of the individuals there came over and said, hey, I noticed you were praying before your meal. He's like, yeah. she's like, are you a Christian? It's like, I am a Christian, <laughs> and I had the opportunity just to say, you know, thanks, nice to meet you. But it was like, okay, this is some, this is an opportunity. And I said, Are you a Christian? And asked, started asking her questions, and turns out she was falling away from the Lord, asking him for a sign or something, and for some reason she saw my meal prayer as a sign. And so I started talking to her, ministering to her, and I said, you know what? I feel like you need to reconnect with the Lord. So I gave her my Bible and said, you know what? Go read this and reconnect with the Lord and and please bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) And so she left with the Bible and was gone for like 20, 30 minutes and came back and just tears in her eyes said, thank you, I needed that. And not to be arrogant, because I don't think it is arrogant, but I see myself as that kind of person. I bring life to people in Jesus' name. Not because of who I am, but because of the relationship I have with Jesus. There's also a job that I was working at, just a kind of an assembly line job in my life. And there was just, you know, unbelievers there. And, you know, I wanted my words to be seasoned with salt and just my behavior and just to be encouraging. That's really what I want to be. It's just an encouraging person. You know, team player, you're doing a good job, you're awesome, just an encourager. I think of what Jesus said, you know, Luke 4, I, to good news to the poor. I just wanted to bring encouragement to someone who's downcast. And over the course of whatever months I was there, one of the drivers knew that I was a believer and just knew who I was and came and asked me to pray. Asked me to pray for his, his friend or his family, I don't really remember, who was just going through a hard time. And I took that as an opportunity. And so I prayed for them, ministered to him, said, hey, well, how about you? How can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? And he started to share with me just stuff going on in his life. And so I prayed over him with tears in his eyes. He just said, thank you. This is so encouraging. And I praise the Lord for that. But you know what? That's part of my calling is to change lives. And that's part of your calling. There's someone in our church who there's a food rescue we have across the street. That ministers to people every single week, just basic needs, and she started it. She started that ministry to serve people. Saw a need, filled the need, in Jesus' name. And now we have a food ministry. There are times where I was working as an assistant. Uh, What was? No, I was. I was not an assistant. I was. I don't know. I was some some grunt at a school, (laughs) just like a gopher. It's like get me some paper. Uh, and I was thinking, it was like elementary school, and I was thinking, man, it'd be so great if these kids were older so they could start a Bible study for their own peers. I was like, the thought came, I could start a Bible study for my coworkers. And so I did. Didn't have a great dream or a vision about it. I said, God, what do you think about this? He's like, I like it. Okay, Bible study. Made posters. And not a lot of people came, but the people that did come, we had good Bible study fellowship. There are times where I felt it'd be a good idea to bring my Bible to school and just plop it on the desk. There are times where I felt compelled to bring my study Bible at work and just plop it on the desk because I read it at break time. Rather than keep it in my backpack, why not just keep it on the desk? And people make comments. Oh, you you read the Bible? I was like, yeah. Only half of it's the actual Bible though, but you know, this is... And it sparked conversation. You know, you don't need a whole lot of divine revelation and permission to serve God. I mean, there's ministries all over this community that you could be a part of. There's, like we saw on the screen, there's countries you could pray for and bring real change and encouragement to missionaries. There's all sorts of stuff that you can get involved with. And so I'll invite the band back up. And I just want to encourage you, what about Jesus' ministry most compels you? What about Jesus' ministry, what he did, is most exciting to you? Is it how he healed the sick and prayed over them? Is it how he spoke the good news? Is it how he encouraged them, how he reached out to the the fringe of society, how he met people's needs? Whatever he did, what is most compelling to you? I would say, man, run with that. Pursue that. You're the kind of person that could change a family. You're the kind of person that could change a friend group. You're the kind of person that could start a Bible study. You're the kind of person that could bring people to the Lord. You're the kind of person that would be exactly what people need at the exact right time. You're the kind of people that can do ministry. And so as we go to the Lord in prayer, You can bow your head and close your eyes. I just want us to identify some, some thoughts, some non-consecrated thoughts. I've mentioned them already. But if you feel like you're the kind of person that is plagued with, I don't know what it would be, doubt or insecurity, if you're the kind of person that has thoughts of, I'm, I'm not that kind of person, with every head bowed, every eye closed, why don't you raise your hand? Just say, that's me. I struggle with seeing myself the way God sees me. Maybe raise your hand if you if that's you. I struggle seeing myself the way God sees me. Amen. You can put your hands down. And I think it's, it's, it's really helpful to, to respond in some way. And if that's a hand, if that's a prayer, if that's a posture. But well, I want you to raise your hand if you think you're the kind of person that can bring life change to somebody else in Jesus' name. Raise your hand if you think you're the kind of person that could bring life change to someone in Jesus' name. Hold it up high so heaven can see it. Are you the kind of person that can bring life change to someone in Jesus' name? Raise your hand. Amen, Amen. You can put your hands down, and Father, for everybody who raised their hand, for everyone who didn't raise their hand, God, you, you are just inviting us to make a difference. Lord, you're inviting us to see open door opportunities. God, you're inviting us into the work. Lord, I know I. There's some of the most satisfying moments of my life is when I, when I. Take the open look. Some of the most satisfying, some of the greatest times where I feel like you actually love me and have a purpose for my life and you actually see me and care about me is when you use me to see a need and to meet it. So Father, I thank you that for all these people here this morning, we are the kind of church that can make a significant impact in this community. We are the kind of people That can bring true life change in Jesus' name to people because of who you are in us. So I thank you, Father. I thank you that as we worship you in this closing song, God, that you are just filling us with your, your love. You're filling us with your boldness. You're filling us with your security. You're filling us just with that deep sense of peace and confidence that, man, I don't have to jump through a bunch of hurdles. I just need you to love people through me. So thank you, Lord. We stand as a church empowered and united. We stand as a people just so blessed and so positioned to do your work. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.